Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, Genesis Fertilizers is a partnership that will be majority owned by Western Canadian farmers to build a urea production distribution facility to be located at Belle Plaine, Saskatchewan, and a network of seven storage and distribution facilities across the three prairie provinces. One of those centres would be in northeast Saskatchewan at Tisdale. This proposed project, if completed, will be new investment in and will create jobs at the newly established Agricultural Industrial Park in Tisdale. Terry Dubuque is the Vice President of Business for Genesis Fertilizer and he'll talk about the company's plans and how farmers can get involved. Four provincial farm organizations want the Saskatchewan government to examine the proposed merger between Bungie and Viterra. Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, along with crop commissions at Saskanola, Sask Wheat and Sask Barley, have sent a joint letter to Agriculture Minister David Merritt making the request. Farmers are worried about less competition, and a recent poll of farmers found that well over 80% were concerned about a lack of competition if that deal is approved. APAS President Ian Boxall will share those concerns and also points to the province's examination of the 2012 Glencore-Viterra merger as a precedent, along with the 210 proposed merger between Potash Corp and BHP Billiton, which eventually fell through. After the break, Terry Drebuke. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Genesis Fertilizer has some big plans for the prairies, which includes building a urea production and distribution facility at Belle Plaine, Saskatchewan, and a network of seven storage and distribution facilities across Western Canada. Terry Dubuque is the Vice President of Business Development for Genesis Fertilizer. Terry, you were in Tisdale to talk to farmers about the proposed program Project there, so tell us about your message. Well, we were about to talk about the nitrogen plant that Genesis Fertilizers is uh, attempting to build in Saskatchewan at Belle Plaine, and about the seven distribution centers that we plan on building. Uh, we've already built one in Belle Plaine already, and uh, we proposed one for Tisdale, and that was a partnership with Invest Tisdale. Merrick Industries and the Tisdale Agriculture Industrial Park. So what is the status of that project uh, as it stands today? Well, uh, we plan on building in Tisdale. We're, uh, we're still looking at various put it on the, on the site. So we've got three plot plans in, in play. Uh, we still continue to raise capital. Uh, the project is uh, is, is producer-owned, so farmers actually own uh, Genesis fertilizers. And um, we are, so anybody who invests would be investing in not just the Tisdale facility, but also the nitrogen plant that we plan on building at Bell Plant. So would you say that was um, the main purpose of the meeting then, just to, to bring in... Um ag uh, industry and farmers themselves in to, you know, explain the project and then hopefully raise that more of that capital? Yeah, that's correct. Um, we actually had a, Alice, we had a really good turnout. Uh, I'd say there was, we, we had 80 registered uh, 
and then there was a bunch of people who uh, showed up that didn't register. So anywhere between 90 and 100 people were in attendance. So overall, we were pretty uh, pretty satisfied. After the meeting, uh, lots of people stuck around and, and had lots of interest in the project. So what would uh, be involved with if a producer was interested in and in becoming involved in being part of the project? What is the process? Uh, well, we do have a uh, what they call an exempt market dealing representative in the area. His name's Ash Meyer. They could get get a hold of him or get a hold of Invest Tisdale or um, or just phone into Genesis Fertilizers and they would connect. Uh, the right dealing representative to wherever the person resides. Uh, I realize that you probably have your crystal ball in your other pocket, <laughs> but do you have any timeline set about when you would like to uh, see this um, uh, the capital raised and to, to get moving forward? Yeah, so we're governed by securities and we have to go through compliance. So there are deadlines and benchmarks that we have to hit. So we plan on building, starting the build of the, of the nitrogen plant in, in well, the fall of next year. Uh, we are currently selling $1,000 units for $750. And once those units at $750 are sold out, they go right to $1,000. We're about two-thirds of the way through that $750 tranche hoping to get it done before Christmas. But as soon as we're done, that allows us to uh, start to build these super centers. What are you hearing from farmers? Obviously, uh, good interest uh, in the Tisdale area. Uh, what What is appealing to them with this whole process? Well, I mean, the, what's really appealing is that uh, it's, a, it's a play that farmers haven't participated in. Fertilizer is one of their largest farm inputs. Uh, they reside in an area of the world where they pay the highest price for fertilizer, yet they live in a world where they, it, the cost of production is one of the lowest. So uh, in Western Canada, we have a glut of natural gas, and the Alberta government created a company called ACO in Calgary, and everybody in, in Western Canada prices their natural gas off of ACO. So the people in Eastern Canada and the United States, they price their gas off of a, a, a place called Henry Hub in New York. And every single day, ACO's got kind of a price advantage over Henry Hub. So the plants that reside in Western Canada are selling at the highest market and manufacturing at the lowest cost. So we want to basically turn that profit back to farmers. Farmers are obviously very sen- price sensitive. Uh, you know, they're like any other business. They're trying to make a buck. Um, the price of fertilizer is important, but availability and making sure that fertilizer is there when they need it. Um, what uh, benefits are there to being involved in this particular project that might uh, kind of put their minds at ease? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, we're selling 75% of the plant to what we call off-takers, and those would be farmers who actually take product from the plant. So they would sign an off-take agreement 
and they would be entitled to whatever tons that they sign up for. And that basically is der derives the number of units that they get into the company. So the company is structured as a limited partnership, not a corporation. So instead of getting shares, they get units. And the advantage to producers is that they actually can write that investment off, unlike a corporation that only passes on earnings, a limited partnership can pass on losses and earnings. So that's why it's structured that way. So they're, they're entitled to those tons and they get the profit from the plant and the seven super cents. Terry, uh, lots to do, I guess, in the next few months. Do you have any final thoughts or anything you wanted to share? Well, we want to get to the 750 as fast as we can. That, uh, that allows us to basically break ground on a couple of uh, super centers in the spring. And we've got our engineers that are already started the front end engineering and design. So the people that we hired to do that, they, uh, they just finished commissioning a plant in Brunei. And they're now uh, basically going through the, what they call the basis of design, which is a big part of the, the actual build of the fertilizer. Plus, we've, um, we've got a lot of uh, experts on our board of directors that have come from the fertilizer industry. Uh, one of the guest speakers at the Tisdale show was um, was Kathy Jordison, and she was the the VP of Asset Management at Yara. She's since retired, and she joined our board along with uh, Garth White, who is the past president of Fertilizer Canada, joined our board, and Ian Craven, who recently retired from a senior partner at M&P, has joined our board. So you know we're checking all the boxes. Uh, we've got a CFO that's starting uh, soon uh, that used to manage all the nutrient plants in North America. And uh, people would probably like to know, Alice, that um, the, the company who is actually raising the money is a company called Access Capital. And Access Capital is an exempt market dealer uh, who is out of Calgary, Alberta. And anybody who invests their money uh, cuts a check to access capital and trust, and that's where the money goes. Terry, thank you very much for your time, and uh, good luck in the uh, weeks and months ahead. Okay, thanks. Terry Jabruk is the Vice President of Business Development for Genesis Fertilizer. After the break, APAS President Ian Boxall discusses concerns about a proposed merger between Bungie and Viterra. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Four Saskatchewan-based farm organizations want the provincial government to examine the proposed merger between Bungie and Viterra. One of those groups is the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. And with me is President Ian Boxall. Ian, what have you been hearing from farmers about uh, concerns they have about this possible merger? We've heard producers' concern with this merger and with the lack of competition and all of that. And, and the province has kind of set a precedent in the past for, you know, things that have a big impact on Saskatchewan. And this merger could have a big impact on Saskatchewan. So we're just asking that the government do their due diligence and have a little look into it. 
those precedents or those past business dealings that you're referring to, uh, one involving grain companies, another involving two potash companies. So what are the similarities that you see with what is happening, what has happened actually in 2010 and 2012? Well, I think especially there's a lot of similarities with the one in 2010. And I know the merger in 2010 went ahead, but we're losing competition here. You know, Viterra and, and Bungie joining and the fact that Bungie also has money in G3, starting to kind of get where there's not going to be much competition left. So it's got to ensure that producers' interests are looked after and ensure that we have adequate competition when we go to market again. Transport Canada is doing a review along with the Competition Bureau. Uh, what would the provincial government be able to contribute to these reviews that are already being done? Well, I think we're the biggest player. Where mergers of grain companies has the biggest effect on Saskatchewan, we produce the most grain. So I think it's important that our province recognize that and just realize how big of a deal this is for Saskatchewan producers. Is this something farmers are talking about on Coffee Row? Uh, you mentioned fewer grain buyers uh, being out there, and that's a concern. But we've also seen a similar type of thing in the livestock sector. And is that where some of this concern is coming from as well? Right. I just don't want to see eroding of our markets. Like, I don't want to see where they're all, they have hands in every single person we sell our grain to, right? And, and if, if this merger goes ahead, Bungie will have shares in Bungie, in Viterra, and in G3. And that gets to be a concern for producers. The Competition Bureau has found in the past that there is too tight of a situation um, where they would order companies to divest certain properties just to try and even things out. Do you see the need for this to happen in this particular situation? It's been a couple of weeks since I looked at the map exactly, but there are some overlaps in some areas that would be affected. You know, my area, we have a new G3 in Malfort. We have a Viterra in Malfort, two Viterras in Tisla, and a Bungie in Nippon. That's a lot of overlap. It shares all by the same companies, right? So there might have to be some looks at some of that, right? It's where these three outfits play a heavy role in the marketplace. With the Transport Canada review, it uh, doesn't sound like this is going to be happening anytime soon and maybe well into 2024 before it all wraps up. Which I think is good. Let's give everyone an opportunity to have a look at this. Let's give everyone an opportunity to make sure that we've looked at all sides of this, the potential impacts from all sides for both us as farmers, for the transportation system, for the, the grain companies. And I think it being a year away is, is good for everybody, honestly. And we've only talked about the country elevator system. We haven't even talked about the port situation. Right, and what happens there and what happens with... What happens with car allocation? And, you know, there's some concerns all around that, around the transportation, car allocation. And when it's the same ownership group trying to control all that, I just, I have some fears. That was Ian Boxall, the president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. Here are the top agriculture stories for the week of October 2nd, 2023. Leaders from four Saskatchewan farm groups ask for a full risk assessment on the proposed merger of Bungie and Viterra. Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Sask Canola, Sask Wheat and Sask Barley submitted a letter to Saskatchewan's Agriculture Minister asking the government to conduct its own review in addition to the one being done by Transport Canada and the Competition 
Bureau. In the letter, the leaders commend the government's past efforts, specifically referencing the assessments conducted in 2010 for the proposed merger of BHP Billiton and Potash Corporation of Saskatchewan and the 2012 examination of the Glencore Viterra merger. Transport Canada is launching consultations regarding some of its rail policies. This includes the maximum revenue entitlement for grain shipments, extended inter-switching, short lines and other regulations that fundamentally affect grain transportation. Steve Pratt is the Senior Manager of Transportation for the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Transport Canada has not indicated what its action plan is following the consultations, but Pratt says they've been told Transport Canada will consider the feedback over the winter and then report back with a framework. As inflation continues to grow and increase borrowing costs have put pressure on farm incomes, farmland values across the country rose 7.7% in the first half of 2023. In Farm Credit Canada's mid-year land value report, Chief Economist J.P. Gervais says landowners are continuing to see farmland as a reliable investment as tight supplies continue. Gervais believes demand is likely to cool as rate hikes take full effect, pointing to a potential stabilization in prices going forward. He says land value growth is at a slower pace than recent years, but he anticipates it will lose some speculative value but continue to be a solid investment. Cattle producers in drought areas are still waiting on a federal announcement about funding for its share of agro-recovery. The provincial government put up 40% share several weeks ago. Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the federal government is still in the process of going through cabinet for final approval. The Saskatchewan stock growers voice concerns about the delay, saying livestock producers in drought areas need the disaster assistance as soon as possible. Merritt hopes an announcement will be made soon. Seedmaster is partnering with Olds College in Alberta to sponsor the Smart Farm Research and Student Learning Area. The new 10-year partnership will include seeding equipment for the Olds College Smart Farm. Olds College will use Seedmaster equipment to conduct research activities and to provide learning opportunities to students in the Heavy Equipment Technician Program, as well as other programs that the college offers. Seedmaster, based in Saskatchewan, will provide the equipment to Olds College for the 2024-25 growing seasons and replace it with new equipment with similar specifications in two-year intervals. International forage and turf seed firm DLF is stretching its reach into the alfalfa market, acquiring Corteva AgriScience's alfalfa breeding program. The Danish company bought Corteva's global alfalfa germplasm and breeding program for an undisclosed sum, including the Alfred Seeds brand name and trademarks including high-guest alfalfa technology, high-tone performance alfalfa, high-salt-salinity-tolerant alfalfa, and MS Suntra hybrid technology, current commercial alfalfa varieties, and select Corteva personnel supporting the alfalfa program. DLF, whose Canadian arm is based in Lindsay, Ontario, sells in the Canadian market today under the DLF and Maple Seed brand names.
If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarland for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarland and is a division of the Jim Patterson Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.